to the Reading Ramble, the regular podcast by Lancashire Libraries. In today's podcast, it's the second part of our series, looking at children's books. And in this series, we're looking at uh, children's books for junior age children. So, so really children sort of age seven plus. So we're joined again by Robin and Carolyn, who are the Lancashire Library's reading development team. And we're just going to start looking at some favourite memories of children's books that we read. Um, so, uh, Robin, can I go to you first? Um, so what sort of books did you read as a child and, and perhaps how did they influence you as an adult? So it's funny, isn't it, the, the sort of the timeline and trying to remember when you read certain things. And I know that I was 12 when Harry Potter came out, so maybe a little bit older. Um, and we read, I remember reading the first one the year it came out and then it kind of exploding and becoming this massively popular thing. But as a slightly younger age, I remember I read The Hobbit. My dad bought the most beautiful illustrated um, version of The Hobbit. Um, and I remember reading that and being completely absorbed in the pictures. And he also bought a map book, which was just a huge fold out map. And I used to sit with the map and the book and read it as long um, as I was looking at the map. Um, so I've got a definite very vivid mem uh, memory of that. And I think that, that has influenced what I read as I got older, as I sort of leaned towards um, fantasy and historical fictions. I think that's something that I, I took from that. Um, uh, another thing that I read, and uh, this I, I read a series of cricket books called Glory Gardens, um, which were a series, I think there were six or eight of them, and it's an author called Bob Cattell, and it was about a junior cricket team, and it, it was endorsed by Ian Botham on the front cover, saying it was, um, uh, uh, there was some really um, humorous little remark on the front about how it was uh, some of the stories are a little too close to home or something. I, I can't remember the exact phrase for Phaeton, uh, but they, they were they were great because I was absolutely obsessed with cricket at that age. And they had scorecards every few pages and little diagrams of field settings and things. And they, it was a, um, a group of school friends who um, set up their own team and went on adventures and played different teams from around the world. And um, yeah, I absolutely devoured them read them over and over and over again and my mum and dad still tease me about them to this day because I was completely obsessed with them and would not stop reading them uh, and in fact I had them until I say relatively recently probably I don't know seven or eight years ago I, I finally got rid of them but um, yeah I absolutely love those books. It's interesting isn't it because I think there you mentioned something and it's worth just pursuing this a little bit um, about the hook for reading what is it that you found to be your hook? And obviously that sort of cricket um, was was a hook. And um, and I think for me, uh, books have always got to have quite um, a visual element to them. I think both within the storytelling uh, and actually the, the pictures, the illustrations within them. And a few years ago, I had the great pleasure to meet um, Quentin Blake. And, uh, you know, that was that was such a pleasure because all through my childhood, his drawings have brought to life and just absolutely hit the nail on the head. But how those characters would act and dance and sing 
and he got that just so incredibly right and uh I, you know i'm forever grateful to him because i think probably as a child maybe going into the the library um looking through the books probably it was the illustrations often on those covers that would draw me to open the book and then maybe read the blurb on the back but i think possibly also sort of thumbing through the the book and sort of seeing the little illustrations i think those sort of things were a really strong hook for me when i was younger what about you carolyn well, that's really interesting you talk about the hooks and I'm going to say I know we're talking about us, but obviously from I think the more um, children you speak to around the county, that's really interesting because obviously we do quite a few schemes within Lancashire with different ages of children to do with reading. And, and it's funny because even with Lancashire Book of the Year, which is with high school children, it's amazing how many children you will get to who go, I don't like reading. And I say, you just haven't found the right hook yet. You haven't found the right topic. And actual Lancashire Book of the Year is all about sort of, you know, we've had like 68 titles last year and actually once they've looked like you say at all those titles there will be one book they like and the amount of pupils that then come back and go oh I, I really enjoyed that I found more books of that and that's really really nice to see and again you'll get it with I've got one of my children was I would class as a very reluctant reader and I tried all sorts of books to try and get that hook and it wasn't until Star Wars came into reading books and actually schools started getting in a reading selection of Star Wars and that hooked him and he was fine then and, and he found his niche and I think it is all about if you don't like reading actually you just haven't found maybe the right topic or you haven't found the right kind of book for you and it is all about do you like the illustration do you like like Robin said he likes cricket you know do you like the adventure side do you not and I think until that's the beautiful thing of libraries that actually and that's what I was going to say I remember going in you've got your book buckets on the floor and you go through your book buckets and it is all about that do you know what there's so much variety in there you have to go through there because not everybody likes the same thing so again it's all about we'll just go through there and what jumps out at you does it jump out by the color does it jump out by the pictures does it jump out because you've read the blurb and you're interested in it um and for me again i think once i found roald dahl that that was how i would look for roald dahl so like you've got like the twits and you know it's all the gross things that's worms that are stuck in your beard from fantastic mr box um and all those sorts of rhymes and i think i think for me i like the rhyme and the way it was probably wrote um and again it's funny isn't it the little bits that you can remember so i know roald dahl when i was younger didn't have I think it's revolting rhymes, but I, I don't remember the book. All I remember is, you know, he whips a pistol from his knickers and pow, pow, she's dead. You know, and it's all to do with that little red rhyme. But that is the only thing I remember from that whole, I don't remember the rest of the stories, but I remember those two sentences. So, again, I think for me, it's the hook of something funny, something quick and snappy, something that makes you giggle. Um, but, yeah, it is all about what what catches that hook. And for me, it's probably the, the giggliness, the quick, the repetition, the easiness of reading. Um, and that's probably why I like Chocolate Moose and Greedy Goose that we mentioned in the last podcast, because it's rhyming and it's easy to remember. Um, but, yeah, and I think I think rhyme is a very powerful thing as well from yeah, and say your, your favourite poem, like the Ning Nang Nong, like we spoke about last time, the nonsenseness of that. But again, it's just funny and keeps you going, doesn't it? Gives you a bit to smile of the day. So I think that for this next part of this discussion, we were going to look at um, our own summer reading scheme, which is called SCART. 
So, um, Robin and Carolyn, would you like to just introduce what that is and um, how we feel it uh, offers something great for, for children over the summer? Yeah, um, so SCART is, um, uh, is available in all Lancashire libraries. It stands for Science, Culture, Active Reading and Technology. And it it's, it's our way of addressing the, the summer learning loss, which is, you know, really commonly um, uh, proven to, to affect children um, that, you know, they, they work on the reading throughout the school year and then they have six weeks off in the summer and then, and it can, they can regress um, uh, in a, a certain amount of time over the summer holidays and their reading level dips. And it's something that schools are really conscious of. And it's uh, as a library service, something that we're really conscious of that we want to encourage children to keep on reading so that they do keep on developing that skill. And we know, we know we've talked at length about how important reading is as a skill, how many things it, it develops. Um, and over the summer holidays, we use SCART Club as a, as a, a way of encouraging children to continue to read by introducing activities, um, making it a, almost a competitive thing where they can uh, gain prizes for uh, the more that they progress. So, um, for example, with the, by attaching these these five these five um, tenets uh, of um, science, culture, active reading, and technology, we can introduce different types of activities. So. Um, it, 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 by doing a, you can do a science experiment or something like that to achieve your science prize, but you also need to read a book. So it's almost um, uh, encouraging reading whilst also giving different activities so that p children that might not be necessarily interested in reading on the whole, they're, they're, all, they're, they're, getting, they're doing something that might interest them in a different way. Um, so it, 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 we, we think it works really well. Um, children in Lancashire, seem to really enjoy doing it. The prizes we think are great. Um, and it also sort of forms that link between children and the libraries, going into the library as well, and the joy of visiting a library, choosing your own books, seeing the huge selection offer. Um, yeah. And um, uh, Carolyn, just to bring you in here, um, designing SCART just isn't a a summer thing for us is it it's a it's a long process so would you want to just talk a little bit about what that process is for us it's an ongoing yearly process that starts in september as soon as our scart starts when scart finishes and so we sort of start designing next year's in september for obviously the summer after and um, so that it's ready to go and like robin said this year we've got as a prize we've got you can get three badges on a lanyard you can get a card to put your library card in and you can collect those all the way and um, again we look at different themes that are happening and trying to put it into so if that's whether it's to do with the environment whether it's to do with science so again like robin said trying to bring reading in with different activities to make that you know more fun and enjoyable and i think the one thing to sort of highlight there where robin mentioned that you know um, reading dips i think what as a parent i found absolutely um I suppose gobsmacking is the word really and um, that I was amazed at how far children fall behind as a parent I really hadn't appreciated and it's not just the fact that if your child doesn't read on that six year and um, that six week gap um that they fall behind it's actually it then takes them nearly eight months to catch up 
to where they were and as a parent I couldn't get my head around that I was like so not only do you stand still you go back a bit actually it takes you that long then to catch up you're not actually progressing in that next year so you don't even stay where you are and still progress so I think as well it, it really does plug a good gap um but I think the more emphasis while you're at school you do reading like reading books because you have to you have to read reading books so although hopefully sometimes it is pleasurable a lot of the time it's because we have to do it and I don't think we associate that with pleasure whereas we tried really hard with the SCAR or the, any summer activity to make it fun so we can emphasize reading as a pleasurable thing because that's far greater the experience of reading than when we're forced to do something when it's pleasurable and I think we do it more when it's pleasurable and um, so I think the whole ethos of ours of summer activities is to try and make it fun and we do try and sort of tie in with different things each year. I think we probably can all look back and think, you know, what those go to books were for reading for pleasure. And for some people, those might have been the famous five or the Mallory Towers books. For others, it might be Harry Potter or Roald Dahl. So um, let's just go around us all thinking what our go to books were that we really enjoyed as a as a child. So, um, Carolyn, what were they for you? <laughs> It'd have to be on the Ning Nang Nu by Spy Rilligan because that's got to be my all time favourite on the Ning Nang Nong where the cows go bong and the monkeys all say boo. <laughs> it's, yeah, I just think it's something to make you smile, something to make you giggle. Yeah, I, I my my favourites were the Roald Dahl books. Um, as I said, I, you know, I had the pleasure to meet uh, Quentin Blake, but also they're just such great stories. And you know, the the baddies are so grotesque. You know, there's no middle ground, is there? You're you're either like a hero kind of person, or you or a character, or or you're you're quite grotesque, really. And uh, I love the twits. I think they're oh, I think they're true. fantastic. Um, but I think my absolute favourite, the one that I went back to time and time again as a child would be Fantastic Mr. Fox. And you know, it is a battle of adversity and collaborating with others to overcome an overall um uh, oppressor and I, I really did uh, enjoy it as a book and I I must have reread it many times and uh I remember getting it as a birthday present um, from a friend and uh, I've still got that same copy. So what about you, Robin? What were those classic books or go to books that you really enjoyed as a child? So there's a there's a couple. The, the aforementioned cricket series was, like I said, I, I read over and over and over again. So that would probably be my number one at that as, as a child. But also love the, the horrible history books, um, a bit of. So some non-fiction uh, which I think we've probably not really mentioned how how much non-fiction is so popular with children but yeah the, I loved uh, some of the horrible history books the um, vicious vikings and uh, oh, the romans one is it ruthless romans rotten romans rotten romans wasn't it um, which um, I think they came out when I was about eight and nine um, so I was probably at that kind of late primary school when I was reading those uh, and the other ones were the um the Ladybird uh, sort of abridged classics um, like the Robin Hood uh, tale and uh, King Arthur and Jungle Book and things like that. And maybe it wasn't quite old enough to attempt reading 
the full story, but I loved those um, those abridged versions of those stories. The, the like the Robin Hood one was just completely uh, fantastic. Um, I, I, I read that over and over again. Yeah, I think Lady Book, Lady Bird books did a, a lot for a lot of children, didn't they? In mm. in kind of um, some beautiful illustrations uh, of a type, aren't they? They're really of a yes. type. Lady, and and uh, and also, you know, different stages of literacy um, in terms of the offer in Lady Bird books. You know, I remember the very early Peter and Jane books right through to books that were telling you all about the sky at night. And I think you're right about nonfiction books. I mean, I used to really enjoy craft books and making books. And uh, I think I'm slightly older than than both of you. And I think you know, in the 70s, the, the eco message was just as strong as it is now. And and I think that idea of of making things with a, you know, bottle of, um, you know, an empty bottle of washing up liquid and, and some toilet rolls really appealed to me. So I think devouring books like that and and obviously libraries are just like the best form of being eco, aren't they? They are a chance to experience so many stories and so many books and you take them back and you can renew them or you can give them for somebody else to enjoy and I just think as an eco message that you know I enjoyed as a child I still really enjoy that you know because it's the like unsung eco champion I think are, are our libraries and we're really lucky to have them. We're now going to hear from a couple of library colleagues who are Richard and uh, Sarah, who are both passionate advocates of the importance of children's reading. And they're going to tell us a bit about the reasons why they love children's books and also give us a couple of recommendations for books that they particularly enjoy. I'm joined now by Richard from Ingle Library. Uh, Richard, um, do you want to talk to us a bit about what children's books mean to you? Um, why is it something that's particularly that you're passionate about? <laughs> yeah, thanks. Uh, well, I started uh, about 10 or 12 years ago at Accrington Library. I was asked to do story time in the Baby Bounce. Uh, and then from then on, I realised that uh, it's something that's become a, a really big part of my working life there. Uh, and certainly for the past five years, maybe more than that, every day, I've some wheels on the bus and I've uh, had at least one or two stories. So that's quite a few kids stories that I've worked through. And then obviously over the past year where I've not had that connection, it's been really difficult. It's, uh, you know, it's something that I wanted to do. And uh, it's just not the same reading them to yourself there. You need, uh, you do need an audience. You do need that interaction uh, with the kids and the, the, the adults as well. Because of course, some of them are um, incredibly funny and incredibly brilliant. And I've, I've got, I've just picked off our shelves, uh, the wonky donkey by Craig Smith and Cass Cowley, who did the illustrations, that was a reasonably successful book. And then somebody's grandma filmed them reading The Wonky Donkey, uh, and it hit big with, I forget how many million uh, views that it had, for being a beautifully example of a great silly story, which, you know, all the kids, all the kids run to. And I don't know if you, I, I take it you are familiar with the works of Wonky Donkey. I am, yes. Post that video going viral. Yeah, that's what yeah. brought it to my attention. Honky, tonky, winky, winky, donkey, lanky, honky, tonky, winky, wonky, donkey. Uh, and just stinky, dinky, lanky, honky, tonky, winky, wonky, donkey. And that, that sort of those mouth noises 
that specifically don't make any sense there. But it, it really, kids get it. Kids really get that. They get that silliness. They love those, um, the sort of books like that where you can just play with the words and you can really enjoy them. We talked in our previous episode about how um, a lot of the time with what makes a good children's book is re- uh, repetition and uh, and rhythm. And I think that, that that's a great example of that, that there's a literative nature to the, to the words. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, but even without hearing it being read from someone else, it automatically um, puts a rhythm or an inflection or, um, yeah, that's a really good example. To go from sort of like one one side, one silly side to uh, the, the other kids, sort of kids books, where we don't take them seriously enough. We don't, I mean, we were talking earlier about the Harry and Popper, which introduces death, which to do that in a kid's story is, to do it well in a kid's story, is astonishingly difficult to, I mean, we all joke about, oh, anybody could write a kid's story, but to, to be able to write as well about death for kids, you know, and you've got maybe, what, 30 pages, you've got two dozen lines, and to be able to cram such a big subject and deal with it as well as they do, it's really touching. It's, uh, and I've, yeah, I've, I've, I've seen grown women break down and weep, and, and old men sort of shed a tear at the tail of Harry and Hopper there. It, it, it's, it, it really does pack a punch. Uh, and the kids get it. The kids really get it. The kids get it. But the one I picked up today was one of Julia Donaldson's more recent books. So The Smeds and the Smooze. I don't know if you've read The Smeds and the Smooze. haven't yet, no. You haven't yet. So it's another uh, Julia Donaldson and Axel Scheffler, that, you know, the amazing team together. Uh, and it's sort of a... Um, Romeo and Juliet, where there are two families, the Smeds and the Smooze, uh, and the Smeds were red and the Smooze were blues. Uh, and but with Julia Donaldson's excellent meter, where every the the the, the ridiculous names, a Humpelty Hill, Young Smoo by the name of Bill, but there's a meter, there's a pattern, there's a, you can't not read it well. There's some books that you sort of fall over, but yeah, the Smeds and the Smooze. Towards the end, um, the, 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 the Smeds and the Smooths are two, Bill and Janet. Uh, they run away together because they're so upset that their families don't like each other. And then they fall in love. And at the end, we've got, there was, jump, there was joy, jam and jumping. Then Janet said, maybe you'd like to make friends with our dear little baby. A baby, a red one, a blue one. But no, this baby was purple from head to toe. So the number of ideas, again, in such a simple, you know, just a few lines, and the old hooks, moose med, and the new baby book, uh, but all done with uh, Julia Donaldson's just astonishing ability to, uh, to make stories that you, you want to read and you can't not read them there. That I, I had so much respect for her. Uh, and there's an eye player that was over Christmas about her life, and we were in tears watching that. She's just such a soul, such a, um, you know, for, for doing what she does so brilliantly well. Uh, so that's why I, I chose those ones. I've read nearly all of those and I'm looking forward when we do get back to June 20, some of the stories that I've missed, because while, you know, the, the authors have been writing uh, and Peter Bentley, I noticed he's done one. And I know Nick Sharrett, who's one of my favorite kids illustrators, has completely changed the game with, he illustrated a book called The Whales on the Bus. 
So, in, and so then we've got the goats in the boat. So to me, this is a game changer. This is, I mean, I, I every every time we always finish with wheels on the bus, and then somebody's come along and just said, "Here you go, the wheels on the bus." So we've got then there's boats on goats, there's bees on something, and th that that rhyming scheme is just hilarious. So I'm really looking forward um, to getting back to to reading some of those stories to our um, listeners as well when they come in. So I'm now joined by Sarah from Barn Aldrich Library. Hi, Sarah. Hi. So are you like okay to tell us um, a bit about why you think it's important for children to to read? Um, I think it's one of the things that is so underrated and underestimated because it can take children to different places, give them different experiences, um, and it it helps in so many different ways with language acquisition and communication skills and it's just it's something nice to build relationships with primary caregivers mums dads aunts uncles grandmas and i don't think that's something that you can really get in any other way yeah there's a there's a joy to uh, being able to recommend a book and seeing someone um sort of listen to that recommend recommendation and show interest in it yeah absolutely and i that's all i do at the library is recommend books <laughs> So um, have you got a particular um, favourite book or author that you would uh, you would recommend or it's something that means something to you? Um, I personally love the work of Tom Fletcher. He's got, you know, board books for babies. He's got picture books for a little bit older and they're um, interactive books. So they're the ones you don't lift them up and you sprinkle magic dust and they're very engaging. But his novels are just really they're I personally think they're, they're masterpieces they're lovely to read the imagery is is second to none and they really deal with some quite hard-hitting and important themes that might it opens up conversations that might not have happened but are quite important um he deals with things like in the Christmasaurus um the main character William Trundle he's uh, disabled he's in a wheelchair and it's not a focal point it's just kind of this is the description of William. Uh, this is where he lives. This is his dad. Oh, when he happens to be in a wheelchair, he has a single dad, um, which, you know, single parent families are so common. But hearing a single dad is quite uh, unusual. But it also deals with some really hard hitting uh, issues like bullying and the mental health fallout that comes from bullying. Um, and the impact it has on his self-esteem and his self-worth and his relationships with friends. And there's also the bully herself, Brenda Payne. She almost has a redemption arc. She she makes a bad initial choice. Um, and then it's almost like she's trapped herself in being that bully character. And it's only when she's given the option of kind of making reparation and amends that she has a redemption arc. But it's done in such a light-hearted way. Some of the bullying scenes are really quite moving. They're quite hard to read as a parent, but it opens up conversations. Like my two children are um, on the spectrum, so it's things that they don't necessarily recognise without the use of a book to kind of go, oh, actually, that sounds familiar. This person has has said something like that to me, and so. It, you know, it brings you closer. It's they're funny, they're humorous. They, they kind of they they 
meet children's silly humour. So there's a lot of things like Santa has to sit on um, an egg to help it hatch. And so we have Santa's big pants and we've got, you know, kids who want to eat pizza and the names of the elves are like Snozzle Trump and things like that. So there's funny light songs and things, but under the surface is really important themes that parents kind of will engage with and children pick up on, but without it being like a really sombre read. I think it's really important and it's it's probably not really considered as 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 importantly as as it should be that children's books do deal with issues um uh, in a a really as you say a kind of subtle way it's not in your face or um pushed upon you but it's just sort of bringing them to children's attention in a way that helps you to, to to start a conversation and answer questions um so I think that's uh, that's that's really good. So are there any particular titles in that series then that you would? Uh... I I mean, the Christmas Saurus is the original book. There's Christmas Saurus and the Winter Witch, which is the second one. And there's a third one that's due this Christmas, which I don't think they've announced the title. But being in the library, we've kind of seen the title. Uh, there's Danger Gang, which is about a group of children. There was like a crazy storm and that's a really good one for female role models is one of the things that he kind of doesn't make a big deal about but Frankie the main character's mum she's a scientist and an inventor is a stay-at-home dad but mum's got this really strong role model and in the Creakers which is another one of his um the main investigative uh, girl is she's the main character is a girl and she goes and investigates all of this she kind of takes the lead and it's boys and girls are almost deemed equal like there's not kind of boys are good at this and girls are good at that it's very equal across the board everyone has their own strengths and I just think that they're really fantastic I mean I personally love the Christmas Saurus because I mean reading that on the run up to Christmas there's absolutely nothing better (laughs) but the other ones are great for kind of year-round just adventure books to kind of spark that conversation for things you know bringing the light to oh, actually if you want to be an inventor go for it you want to be a scientist wonderful you want to you know go and work for this you want to it's just they're just wonderful books i really like them you've been listening to the reading ramble we hope that you've enjoyed this episode and that we hope you also had the opportunity to listen to our first episode which was all about books for younger children join us next time for the reading ramble. Thank you.